Hey there, all you ghouls and goblins. Radio 85.9 proudly presents Horror Zoid with your hosts, Stevie Scares and Natalie Nightmare, talking all things horror from the 80s, 90s, and today. Today's episode is brought to you by Morgue Munchies, the best snack for your dirt nap. Morgue Munchies. Welcome back to another episode of Horrorzoid, everybody. I'm Stevie Scares. And I'm Natalie Nightmare. And today we're talking all about Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger, Stranger Danger. This is our PSA out there to everybody to warn you about Stranger Danger. If you're not familiar with what Stranger Danger is, or if you don't get the joke that we're trying to tell here, the common uh, phrase that people use, uh, tell kids, you know, if you're out in public, you see a stranger, Mm -hmm. yell Stranger Danger and run away. Yep. That's what we were taught as kids. That's what they're still teaching kids, I believe. At least I hope they are. (laughs) In horror movies, Stranger Danger seems to be like 90% of the fucking plot points in the movies. It's just Stranger Danger. Yeah, like as far back as picking up the the hitchhiker in Texas Chainsaw. Like things can go awry. Right. There are so many great examples in horror of Stranger Danger and not trusting people and, I mean, we, the list goes on and on. We can mm-hmm. literally list all of them. So we had to of narrow course. it down to a few of our favorites. And we uh, we picked some good ones. And uh, you'll see what we've got in store for you. But before we get to that, let's get to some of our housekeeping notes. All the usual stuff applies. All the same rules apply. If you dig the show, leave us a review. Preferably a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We don't care. We will take all five-star reviews. Yes. And if you think we're garbage and you want to leave us a one-star <laughs> review, be honest. We're yeah. not going to be... Fuck. How can we be mad at you if you're being honest with us? Be honest. Yeah. And I mean, if it's legitimately something we can improve on, then we'll take the criticism. If anybody knows how fucked up the two of us are, <laughs> it's us. We get it, guys. And the fact that you choose to listen to this every week, I don't know what that says about you. Are you guys okay? Yeah, really. You should be looking <laughs> at yourselves in the mirror here, not really at us. Go ahead and email us, too, while you're at it. If you're going to leave us a five-star review, email us. Don't just, uh, you know, if you got some private thoughts, you can say what, what you what you want to say publicly in the review, but you want those private thoughts, you want to talk shit about us, go ahead and send them to us. Horrorzoidpod at gmail.com. Of course, I'm joking. Nobody's going to send us anything too I hateful, mean, they hopefully. Might. I mean, we say this every week. Every week. So far, we've not gotten any hate mail. But no chirps, nothing. Uh, We're waiting this, for it. This could be the week. This could be. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Also, you can financially contribute to the podcast. We've talked about it before. We do plan on launching Patreon this year mm-hmm. with some goodies, some little bonus content for all you Zoids to get your fingers on. Including Horizoid merch. Going to be official t-shirts, all that fun shit. You can get it. That's right. Merch will be dropping. We've got Horizoid merch ideas, different categories of stuff that we can send your way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're going to start doing some more stuff too. We're going to engage in some, you know, some giveaways and some fun shit like that. So anything you guys have in mind that you would like to see that you feel like would incentivize you to participate and engage with us fucking let us know horizoidpod at gmail.com send us an email or we're on tiktok we're on instagram we're all on on all the good shit and our dms are open as i've said so fucking slide in tell us what you think slide in before we close them that's right before we have to (laughs) because you know the fucking crazies are out there 
And as with everything else, Horrorzoid.com, it literally has all of our links up there. Mm -hmm. So if you, again, if you're thinking about switching to a new site and you want to know where you can listen to the podcast, check it out. If you got a friend who's listening or wants to listen, let them go to Horrorzoid.com. All the links are up there. Yep. Absolutely. Moving on to shout outs. Our shout outs are exciting, but equally disappointing this week. And I'm going to tell you guys why real quick. Of course, every Monday, uh, we post a question of the week, which pertains to what we are going to record. And we just like to uh, get our juices flowing, get your brains going and see what you might think. And we love it whenever you guys mention a movie that we may not have seen. Uh, unfortunately, even though we had a lot of fun doing our video about Stranger Danger, and if you haven't seen it, go to TikTok and watch it. It was a blast. Stevie Scares uh, educates you on Stranger Danger while asking our question, and we got no fucking comments. No comments. <laughs> a lot of people liked it. A lot of people saw it, we were, so we're really happy about yes, that. Yes, we appreciate that. But yeah, it uh, didn't get uh, quite the same engagement that we normally do. So yeah, yeah not, to, not any shout outs to give for the video, but have a really cool shout out yes. from Reddit. So for everybody who doesn't know, uh, I like to share our shit on Reddit. Our mm -hmm. The YouTube videos that Natalie does every week, our audio feed, I like to share it wherever it is allowed on Reddit. And thankfully, uh, it has reached a few of you out there. One being a gentleman by the name of Matt Alex, who responded to one of the posts I put up on Reddit for Horrorzoid. And he had uh, these kind words to say. He said, hey, Stevie and Natalie, I checked out Horrorzoid because of this post, and I'm digging it. I don't agree with y'all all the time, and we have acknowledged several times. <laughs> it's, that's not what we're here for. Right. We're not here for you to agree with us. We want you to have your own opinions, and mm -hmm. if you like a movie, cool. If you don't like a movie, cool. Cool. Uh, he, he, but he said, which I, I love in a podcast, so he's on the same page. Matt's mm -hmm. on the same page. But he also said he's right there with us. He loves Halloween 3. And he said, Natalie has to watch The Mist, which we that has been yeah. our mission as Zoids, <laughs> to get Natalie to watch The Mist and Hostile 2, remember. So <laughs> if you are if you follow Natalie on social media, hound her about that. But he said, it's been great thinking about your perspectives on films I've seen. You definitely have a new fan. We're happy to hear it, Matt. He said, I'll give your show a shout out on the next episode of his show entitled Horror Show Hot Dog. Hopefully... He, he said, hopefully I can send some listeners your way. I look forward to more of your episodes in the future. Have a good one. I responded to him on the post, but uh, really I just want to take this time mm -hmm. to give Matt a shout out and his show, Horror Show Hot Dog. It's not often we can link up with other say, shows. Uh, first off, Horror Show Hot Dog is a really cool fucking name. Right, dope name, right? And uh, hopefully if you guys are listening to us and you've never heard of horror show hot dog you can head over there and give them a listen as well yeah go, uh, matt and a few a uh, few other guys uh have a great time doing the show I, i've been able to sample a little bit since reading this message and uh yeah it just looks like they have a great time and mm -hmm. we appreciate the shout out matt we're here to return the favor so horror show hot dog if you're not listening to it, it looks like they're on their 451st fucking episode holy fuck. that's amazing congratulations <laughs> to yes. you guys for making it to 451 hopefully you make it to 902 you double it. I always like to say, if you can double it, that's fucking, that's Absolutely. the best. So yeah, hopefully you guys are sticking around and make it to a thousand episodes, 10,000 episodes. That'd be great. Hopefully we can be at 451 ourselves one day. Yeah. But thank you again, Matt and all the crew at uh, Horror Show Hot Dog. That was amazing. Those were the kindest words and, and we thank you very much. So go check mm -hmm. them out as they have checked us out. Yes. Now it is time to get into some of our favorite Stranger Danger movies in horror 
And basically, we've got two movies where it really is don't trust a stranger. Mm -hmm. Don't follow a stranger. Don't talk to a stranger. Don't ask them for favors. Don't take a job from them. (laughs) But the first one we're going to start off with here is actually don't get fucking kidnapped. I mean, this one's a little tricky. It is so, a little tricky, but we've been really wanting to talk about this movie because it's one of our absolute favorites. And this might this might be misleading in the don't get kidnapped because I'm sure many of you right now are thinking they're going to talk about the black phone because obviously uh, one of our larger, more recent movies where it is legitimately Stranger Danger, but we're actually not talking about the black phone, although it did kind of help get the ball rolling in our thought process with it this. It did, and we talked about black phone during you know some of our recent episodes, like mm-hmm. the thriller episode. We talked all about thrillers. So we've talked about Black Phone. Uh, another movie that kind of got the ball rolling here was The Strangers, but we've talked yeah. a lot about The Strangers. We don't want to bore you with more <laughs> anecdotes about The Strangers. Uh, maybe we can do a franchise breakdown of The Strangers with these three new movies that are getting ready to come out that were filmed within the span of five weeks. All right. Five fucking weeks. I, I want to remind people of that every chance I get. Yes. Three Strangers movies were filmed in five weeks, and they're about to be released. Yes. So. Now, fucking, that's exciting, but also <laughs> fucking terrifying. So I mean, if anything, we can just pretend it doesn't exist, kind of like we did with the second movie. Yeah, the second movie is something in and of itself. I'll watch so. it for the pool scene, and that's it. The pool scene, and that's really yeah. it. I agree. But I agree. this one is it's kind of interesting. We love this movie, and uh, at this point, I feel like Pluto TV needs to sponsor us with as much as we talk about them and all their cool free shit. Right. Everybody um, talks about Tubi, and I love Tubi, we but we're Pluto people. Yeah, we're We Pluto. love that fucking live stream of just random fucking movies. Yeah. If you give me a channel that's themed out of anything, it immediately makes me feel like how old cable TV was. Exactly. And I'm here for it. I, so. I hundred, yeah, 100% agree with that. Yeah. It's, yes. a, it's a straight up throwback when I see something that's a themed channel. Right. And usually if it's streaming or if, it, if they're playing it live on on there it's probably able to to stream it on there so if you haven't seen it you could probably watch it on pluto uh but we love this movie we've been wanting to talk about it and it's 10 cloverfield lane the sequel that came out to cloverfield um very very different than our original cloverfield it's no found footage it's very people were mad they don't see godzilla on screen much probably really don't care about the creatures in cloverfield right. 10 cloverfield right. lane because it's like Mm, a minute yeah um but john goodman uh absolutely fucking terrifying in this movie yeah this is this is one of my absolute favorite john goodman performances and he's just one of the best actors of all time yeah and honestly the name howard his name's howard in the movie Mm -hmm. sounds like such just like happy little comforting farmer guy name but he's just he's off from the beginning well and i think that was kind of the 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 point of giving him this simple name Mm -hmm. and kind of giving him this humble little outlook on life kind of as he starts off he's just he's very he's just like you said kind of a humble little farmer named howard and that's really all we know about him Mm -hmm. in the fact that you know mary elizabeth winstead's character michelle wakes up in a fucking bunker and doesn't know where the fuck she is after this car accident that she had yeah he's yeah i mean he for it's it they do a really good job of setting up there's something very critically crazy that fucking happens with this car accident Mm -hmm. but then when she awakens it's still crazy but you're greeted with this nice happy little john goodman i mean like how can you be like yes and no like she still has like the brace thing on her knees like chained to the wall i think at that point but it's like He's just like, oh, I didn't want you to move or, like, get yeah. hurt or whatever. And, like, everything he says, it just seems, like, weirdly misguided. Like, you can tell, like, uh, there's probably 
Like, you know something has happened, obviously. Uh, right, of course. And uh, they make it pretty clear in the beginning that uh, he's ex-military, probably mm-hmm. has a lot of PTSD with um, obviously something fucking attacking and all this shit going on. Well, the fact that he built the fucking bunker, like right. he, says in the, he says in the movie, he's like, a lot of people will wait until after the disaster happens to do something about it. Oh, my God. I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing, I of actually course. love that line because... Yeah. What he says is, but what do they actually do when those alarms go off? And it's like, right. Like when, like when we're kids, like we were like hot and ready to fucking stop, drop and roll. Like we knew that shit. Yeah. But like, that's it. Like they, they talk to you about house fires. We knew how to sit against a wall and bring our knees to our chest so that if a tornado came through, we were safe. Yes. Because that's all you need. We, that's what we did. It's all you need. Uh, Just pull your knees to your chest and, you know, don't look, don't look but even, up. But even then, that's like, <laughs> that was in school. Like, half the shit, like, anytime that there was a crazy thing like that happening at home, like, everyone knew, like, at least here in Indiana, Midwest area, right. is like, go to the innermost basement fucking closet that you can find. But it's like, as far as, like, disasters happening, mm. most of us... Uh, although 2023 is making a lot of us uh, be a little bit more prepared since it seems like the world's fucking ending right now. Um, <laughs> right. We're but, recording this in February of 2023. And, uh, and that's all we really have to say about that. Well, and yeah, right now, if you're, if you're listening to this a long time of fucking ahead of us, uh, you'll fucking understand we got like fucking trains yeah. spilling with fucking toxic waste everywhere. Right. Uh, UFOs. Yeah. out there if someone's uh, like discovering this episode and it's like 10 years later i'm pretty sure you can google like or whatever fucking search engine is going to be there it's probably like in your eyeball alta vista is going to make a comeback fucking oh, mark my words alta vista is going to make a comeback but it's like february 2023 and it's like aliens exactly chemical spills on. train derailments earthquakes and of course everything political but yeah it's it's kind of one of those movies that does make you go huh, maybe I should, like, think about some of this stuff. Uh, But then, of course, it spirals into thinking that this guy is just absolutely fucking loony. Right, and and a part of the fun of the movie is you don't know whether you should believe John Goodman, Howard. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you should believe Howard. Right. Because it immediately, like I said, the way it it goes down is Michelle's in this car accident. She wakes up. She's chained up because, like you said, he makes the excuse, like, oh, I didn't want you moving around and making it worse. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't want you hurting yourself anymore. Stuff like that. But you never quite fully know if he's telling the truth that there was this apocalyptic fucking cataclysmic event. Right. Or is he kidnapping people and just telling them Insane. that so that they don't question him. Right. Right. You get that whole vibe the entire time. And I fucking love that dynamic yeah. because in addition to John Goodman, his character of Howard and Michelle played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You also get a great performance, one of my fucking favorite supporting characters in any movie. Mm -hmm. You get John Gallagher Jr. playing Emmett DeWitt. What a name. Right, what a name. First off, I actually have DeWitts in my family, so fucking crazy. Yeah, we might be connected in a weird way. And John Gallagher Jr., by the way, is my favorite uh, home invasion hunk in the movie Hush. Bingo, yeah, I was getting ready Uh, to say. Yeah, he's got a great history there with horror movies. he's, He's the good guy in this movie. He's, and he's he is a good guy. He's also got like his like arms fucked up. I think I don't remember yeah, what it was that happened to him. Or but yeah, yeah. So you've got these two wounded people and this guy, and obviously like if you're in that situation where someone's like, oh, you can't go out there. The air is toxic, and they like 
there's a scene where he shows like what happened to the pigs or whatever outside. Right. Yeah. He and shows, so it's he like, shows Michelle the, what happened to these pigs. Yes. Yeah. Who were exposed to everything. To the air. Cause he keeps saying, he you keeps can't saying breathe the, the air. air. It's going to like kill you and whatever. And, um, I love that point because she sees it and it starts to kind of, it's like, she's comes back a little bit. Like maybe there is really something fucked up out there. Yeah. Maybe I'm just hearing things, you know, if I, because she's like, I heard a car and he's like, that's impossible. Yeah, he keeps saying that's impossible. Right. There's a, yeah, there's, yeah, there's but no instead way. Instead of just being clear and saying, well, there's something out there that's, you know, killing people to the air exposure, like he's always a little too vague with it. Right. Like, yes, there could be a car, but that person is most likely fucked up from whatever's out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if he were to just say that, but even then, like, if someone told you that and it wasn't 2023, would you be like, sure? Or would you be like, you're fucking insane? And most of us are going to say, the air was fine 12 hours ago when I was in my car trying to call my boyfriend who's, like, they're having trouble, obviously. There has to be some drama in the movie. It's like, she doesn't question a lot straightforward, but he's also really, like, scary in the way that if you try to, he gets loud and he, like, gaslights the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. And he's just really unnerving through that whole opening he he bounces back and forth between unnerving but also disarming it's like he he teeters it so well because there are moments like you said where he comes off very unhinged and very fucking you know like ptsd yeah um you know if you told me he studied actual vets who suffered from ptsd i'd be like damn Mm -hmm. it's fucking seems like yeah. he nailed it it's a vi- yeah the performance that he gives yeah he's he's but he's known for that john goodman yeah. is known for bringing this level of realism to all of his roles and this mm-hmm. is no different but again he's also john goodman he, right. to me <laughs> he's america's fucking dad yeah like i love john goodman i grew up with john goodman and watching him you're like there's no fucking way there's yeah. no fucking way it's a good cast call it's like what we've talked about with the making a good guy uh, I hate that. I'm a good guy. Making a kind guy the mm-hmm. villain in a movie mm-hmm. always kind of throws you off. It's like the the Bo Burnham and the honestly the whole cast of Promising Young Woman. You're like, oh, these guys are just fucking terrific people. It's a great like, no, example. They're, yes, they're Promising horrible. Young Woman. And yeah, because you and I have talked about that several times. How mm-hmm. uh, uh, Emerald Fennell, the director of Promising Young Woman, made it her mission to go after actors who were known for playing you know, good characters and right. kind guys and things yeah. like that and who have reputations for being genuinely good people. Mm-hmm. Christopher Mintz Ploss is one of my favorite examples. They right. She gets him to play this slime bag and promising young woman. Absolutely. Meanwhile, he's, you know, you have nothing, people have nothing but good things to say about him. Mm-hmm. So John Goodman playing Howard in this movie is qu- quite the same yeah. because there is a moment where he takes it too far. But up until that point, you, he's one of those great examples of a character where you hope for his redemption. Yeah. You hope that you're wrong. You hope that the misdirection is that Howard's not bad at all. Maybe he actually is a good guy, even though you get the hints and the clues that he's a bad dude. Right. Yeah. And it's, I love the turning point of this movie when it's finally like, they're still so unnerved, but they have something that really shows that he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And that is the suspicion that there is a girl that he had kidnapped in the past and had probably killed down in this bunker. Well, and he keeps talking about a girl named Megan the whole movie. He's talking about a girl named Megan. And uh, finally, Michelle asks him, was that your daughter? And he's like, I don't think he ever, I don't think he directly answers it. Mm -hmm. 
but you get the implication that that was his daughter. But mm-hmm. again, like you're saying, they have they quickly grow suspicious that maybe it wasn't his daughter. Right. And and uh, John Gallagher's character of Emmett does suggest that um, that there was a, that were there was a girl who went missing not too long ago when they find a picture of. John Goodman's daughter, Megan. Well, and I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're just remembering this wrong, but there's that part where they're talking and she shows him the picture. picture, That's what I was getting ready to say, the picture. And she says, he looked at me and said that this was his daughter. Yeah. So like, okay, yeah, I, did, I don't remember yeah. him actually confirming that he said it was his daughter. So yeah. yes, I'm glad you confirmed that. Because that's part of the scene. Because I forgot that. Yes. Because basically, they send her because she's the smallest one to go through this vent to fix something mm-hmm. that helps mm-hmm. with the circulation for the bunker, and it's kind of like, well, if it can't get fixed, we're fucked, which is kind of like real fuck up, honestly, when you think about it. Um, yeah, way, way to build the Death Star there with that fucking one weakness there, John I was Goodman. Say, it's, Jesus it's, Christ. It's through the, the one little air vent that he can't get through, and you have to have this tiny little No shit. Did fucking Jin Urso, was he your fucking architect there for this fucking mission there? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you don't think about that when you're building a bunker, but it's kind of like, in hindsight... Yeah. Don't do that. I picture she... him I picture him like building it and he gets he's like, How the fuck do I get out of here now? Right. <laughs> like, that's exactly. the last part he built. Yeah. You just build it in. But she goes up there and basically finds a pair of earrings and uh, a little bit of blood and it says like help a on the window. Too, right? Yeah, like fingernail. Yeah. And so the earrings that she finds up there are the earrings on the picture of the girl that he's said is the daughter and Emmett basically goes, uh, no, that's a girl like my brother went to high school with. Yep. She went missing two years ago. Yep. And then there's a picture of her and Howard, and the girl is wearing the shirt that uh, Michelle, Michelle is now, is now wearing, yeah. wearing after she's showered. And so they they know now, like he's kidnapped somebody. Right. And they they cement it that that their suspicions are true. And then they go so far as to try to build a fucking uh, suit to get out, and so that way when they're exposed to these quote chemicals in this air, yeah. that they they will be okay. Yeah. Uh, but of course, John Goodman Howard, being the fucking crazy bastard that he is finds this finds out what is up they he finds their like tools that they've yeah, snuck scissors like, and shit away because he's so particular yeah. about everything that he he's notices very, he's very anal when, retentive when for like sure. uh the pair of scissors aren't in a drawer anymore yep. so like he figures shit out yep. and this is that point in the movie and i would honestly take the scene and i would rank it really fucking high on my uncomfortable level mm-hmm. um a lot of people would say like you know things like the the pole scene in in hereditary is really uncomfortable i would put this really fucking high up close to that because the scene is so close the way it's shot you already know what they know and you're figuring out that howard is figuring out that they know these things and he makes them move this barrel and takes it in the bathroom and takes the lid off and it's an acid and you're like oh fucking fuck just and he talks about how oh it'll melt everything right down to the bone even though he's holding a pair of scissors and a razor he even shows them by throwing the fucking scissors in there and it literally disintegrates the fucking scissors it's it's fucking 
like and, you're already like on edge just for the fact that there's this acid. Like Natalie and right. I were talking about it the last time we watched it. We're like, what's to stop it from just splashing on your fucking clothes and your skin right. and stuff and That's, like burning you up? Like we're like, if we were in this position, we would be scared shitless. We realize, yeah. I think that's what makes it so intense and why you say you would rank it so highly. Right, because it's not just like... it's truly terrifying. We're not talking like a paint bucket. We're talking like, you know, when you watch old cartoons and you see... We're talking about a fucking oil Yeah, the old big fucking toxic waste barrels. Like, that's what it is. And, like, (laughs) we were watching it and I was just like, even taking the lid off, I'd be anxious. First off, I'm too clumsy. And, like, having this giant, like, fucking 100-gallon barrel of acid just hanging out in your bathroom is fucking scary Mm -hmm. but you think that he's going to use the acid but it's a really good misdirection and spoiler alert here but Emmett takes the blame for everything and he's like you know kind of gives this bullshit excuse he tries to to own up to it he's like look he's like it was me he's like I I thought he's like I wanted to he's and it's great because he says because you can tell Howard has this whole fucking thing about power and control. Because he's a control freak. Yes. And Emmett says, like, look, man, I just wanted her to respect me the way she respects you. I wanted power. And I thought if I could make a weapon, it would make me powerful. And it's this great fucking thing where you're like, well, holy it's, shit, it's brilliant. I, like, anybody watching this would be like, he's got to buy this, right? right. He's got to fucking, he's got to eat this shit exactly. up. Exactly. You think because, and you know, like, Emmett doesn't mean it. Like, uh, him and Michelle obviously like have this kind of care for each other. Yes. And he's just doesn't want her to get hurt. And it's, so it's like the first time I watched this, I was like, he's going to put his fucking hand in the barrel. He's going to put his hand in the barrel. Something, like, right. Yeah. You're thinking he's going to do something lesson. with the acid. But instead Howard pulls out his gun and just shoots him. Just fucking shoots and it's him like, point blank. It's off screen, but you see him point the gun and you hear him pull the trigger and you get that like silence, like, fucking well it's noise. and i I'm, it's uh, almost like they want you to feel like it's michelle's pov like her her like her eardrum burst right. from the sound of the gun yeah it's like that sound effect that they always do in movies where mm-hmm. when they fire a gun and somebody's like got that like busted eardrum kind of ringing the tinnitus ringing. sound yeah. in their ear so it's like they do that and it's really great because it allows you as an audience member as a viewer to really soak in what just fucking happened right and to me it's the most pivotal moment in the whole fucking movie it is because he does he just straight up shoots it fucking terrifying right he just shoots a gun fucking emmett's dead michelle now knows howard's a monster mm-hmm. i am alone emmett's dead the only person i had who could help me is fucking done i have to do this on my own yeah and she goes into this fucking isolation fucking just mode of i am going to get the fuck out of here yeah and it's terrific it is and when she escapes when she does finally escape she's got her fucking suit and she escapes and she uses the acid to burn howard and in the process it starts a fire in the bunker so she escapes and she's out she escaped the fire she escaped howard she's got fucking out but what happens howard was right there was something fucking apocalyptic that happened but it wasn't chemicals it was fucking these cloverfield monsters that have now become these flying fucking I see you get to see the cool like I don't even know the the right word for it but they're like living ships because they're flying around like you see right. one in the distance and she's just trying to like get a vehicle to start to like fucking get somewhere and she's got this fucking <laughs> little shower curtain uh hazmat suit on it's got a little duck on the side of it it's kind of amazing fucking gas mask made out of a two liter yeah made out of like a two liter of pepsi or some shit it was great duct tape for patchwork if there's a tear like 
it's pretty it's pretty awesome honestly it, it is so well done but and this is the point where you get the very minimal creatures because you get the little small fuckers that run around yeah. that you see uh but also the giant monster ship thing like picks up the car so you gotta like see its mouth before yes. she throws a molotov yes. in it but the thing that's interesting is the air is fine it's just the ships are basically crop dusting cities with their fucking shitty weird green fog that's obviously mutating and killing people right uh you see what happens to the pigs there's a woman at, at some point that you actually see she's trying to get into the bunker and she's her skin's all bloody and mm -hmm. open sores and freaky. And it's, I mean, it's like toxic yeah. fumes. That's right. It. And being put into the air by these fucking aliens that have now invaded. And the film ends in this great moment where she's driving off and she finds a, a radio signal of people asking for help. And uh, she just survived something pretty fucking intense. So she's definitely somebody I would want on my side. And it Hell looked like yeah. she was headed right into the fucking thick of it. Yeah. I, I fucking love it. It's, it's one of my favorites. And we got to give some love here to the director. Dan Trachtenberg directed this, and he's uh, also directed Prey, which just came out last year. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember watching this, and I said, God, Dan Trachtenberg did this and did Prey. He's got to have like just this long list of all these great fucking movies he's right. done, right? Look him up. He's only done Clover, 10 Cloverfield Lane and Prey. Uh, so, yeah, he's already off to a fucking great start. Say, doing, uh, yeah, two for two there. Yeah, two fucking amazing movies, but... 10 Cloverfield Lane is really special. I remember when it came out, like we'd heard buzz of a sequel about Cloverfield and we were mm -hmm. thinking it's going to be the monsters and found footage and all that shit again. But to find out that basically this is a side story right. that takes place during the Cloverfield alien invasion attack that we see in New York in 2008, this is, is truly great that they were able to take this story and connect it. And mm -hmm. make it something that where these two stories can coexist, and they're equally as terrifying for different reasons, but they leave a mark and they leave an impact on you in in very different ways. Yeah, I, I fucking love the 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 way these two movies play off of each other. Me too. I like the kind of polar opposite. It's uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane is a little I wouldn't say necessarily a slow burn I feel like it's not that lowly but it does play slower and obviously you don't have like the crazy motion of found footage right but, this is very much a low budget kind of in, uh, indie kind of horror movie yeah. for the most part it is and then uh, as soon as she gets out it becomes big blockbuster fucking <laughs> right. sci-fi action Giant movie alien ships with tentacles yeah. and scary teeth yeah and of course you got a third movie cloverfield paradox which mm -hmm. was a netflix movie mm -hmm. we watched it it was it was okay it wasn't like i wasn't like absolutely astounded by it right but it was a decent little sci-fi kind of ride of a movie i think it just left me with a few more questions than i had right it I didn't answer as many questions as it yeah. ended up just posing more but it is really cool it I, and it takes place uh for like 90 percent of the time probably in space so yes. yeah it's it's like very much like a ridley scott kind of alien aliens kind of yeah. sci-fi uh movie with a little bit of horror elements mixed in it's also very different from both cloverfield and 10 cloverfield lane i mm -hmm. love that all these movies again coexist take place have this common theme to them, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they're just three very distinctly different movies. Right. And last thing I will say, me personally at least, is I know they just announced we're supposed to finally get a true sequel to the original Cloverfield from mm -hmm. 2008. I'll believe it when I fucking see it. No shit. But I'm, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be able to talk about another Cloverfield movie here soon. I would love that because 
the clover is my one of my favorite creature designs. Yes. Uh, I recently, uh, obviously, they've been playing them on Pluto, both of them. And I think we've caught little bits and pieces of the first movie like twice in the last week or so. And I always love that fucking part towards the end when they're up in the helicopter and you get to see her. Well, it, they, I'm not sure. Honestly, I've always, I've, referred, I, I've I've always, always called always, it a her because right. it just has mama vibes I've and I can't explain to it that. As a her. So yes. if it's not supposed to be, please correct me. But uh, I don't know why she's always mama to me. So her, but when you see her through the city and just how like fucking huge in amongst the buildings of New York, she yeah. is. Yeah. And of course the iconic scene where the guy turns around and it's right there. Yes. Fucking yes. looking down. Yeah. And yeah, you don't really, you know, you don't get that in 10 Cloverfield Lane, but I feel like the payoff in that movie is worth what you go through without the creatures because it gives you such a good fucking story. In 10 Cloverfield Lane, you're yeah. talking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. 10 Cloverfield Lane is just a great fucking story. You take off mm-hmm. that ending and she just escapes. Right. I still think it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. Like, from start to finish, Alien Apocalypse or not. Like, she could get out and there'd be nothing fucking wrong. Bingo. And I'd be like, cool. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I couldn't agree more. I think that is a terrific way of stating it. Like, even taking out the, the Cloverfield sci-fi elements of it, it's still one of the best fucking horror movies I've mm-hmm. ever seen. I, I, like, again, I can't give anybody enough credit. Like, all, everybody in this fucking movie, down to Bradley Cooper doing a voice cameo as her shitty fucking boyfriend <laughs> right. trying to get her back in the beginning. Yeah. I Like, just every fucking thing works about this movie. It's so good. It does. One other movie that we have been dying to fucking talk about, and we're so happy we get to talk about it, is actually a little on the funnier side. Still very dark, still very twisted, but a little bit more on the comedic side. Mm-hmm. We're talking Ma. I love Ma. Who fucking doesn't love Ma? A lot of people, I've seen a lot of in the middle for this movie. Oh, man. I don't know. I thought it felt like something I hadn't seen before. Exactly. I I feel the exact same way. And if you can show me something I don't feel like I've seen before, I'm all for it. It's immediate bonus points for me. Um, Obviously, it's uh, Octavia Spencer as Sue Ann, our main antagonist. But you also get Luke Evans in this movie, and I yeah. absolutely fucking adore him. I didn't write down all the cast in our notes, but I'm glad you mentioned that. Luke yeah. Evans is in it. Allison Janney actually has a great role in it. Missy Pyle, another one of my favorite comedians, is is in it. It's a fucking phenomenal cast. It is. Yeah. And and there's it mainly, obviously, if you've been living under a rock, you've probably seen a trailer for this at some point, but it's mostly following teens yeah. through the movie Some local high schoolers in this in this yeah. little town who keep get busted you know keep getting busted by the cops for their like main hangout place which yeah. looks cool love the vibes don't blame them uh but basically there's this um nice woman that lives in the town she works at the local vet and she's just like oh you guys can like use my house like i have this whole part in the basement that you can just fucking hang out in yeah. and underage drink and i'm not gonna say anything well, and if it, that's not a red flag right. i don't know what is and the stranger danger element comes in here as because they uh are trying to buy booze illegally mm-hmm. and they happen to see sweet little old sue ellen sue, uh, sue ann <laughs> i almost called her sue ellen you have sue ann out there and uh what do they do they say hey lady go buy us some beer mm-hmm. she does reluctantly at first so mm-hmm. like she even tries to fucking tell him she's like no yeah. it's not a good idea this is not a good idea what do they do? They keep pushing her. She goes, she buys them booze, and she's like, well, if you're going to drink, 
come drink at my house. Like Natalie said, yeah. she's like, come drink at my house. Oh, be and safe. She, she says, yeah, like I would rather you guys be somewhere where, you know, someone knows where you are and it's safe. You're not out in the middle of nowhere than to just go be drunk out in public and have to worry about driving somewhere. Like, cause I can help you and I can watch out for you. Yep. And you're just like, okay, this is like cool fucking adult who's just gonna let us do this shit as long as we do it safe and like that makes sense to me because yeah everything makes sense when you right. when you start watching the movie you're like all right yeah absolutely okay okay yeah. but you do quickly find out about sue ann that she has uh that you, you get flashbacks to when she was younger mm-hmm. and you get the vibe that there's some shit happened to her when she was younger that, that just wasn't good and honestly and- like this is one of those villains i'm even though it's really unhinged i'm really here for because she was bullied so fucking badly. It, it, very, it, like, there's no way you can agree with any of the bullying that happened. No, this, like, this to isn't the point just that like, oh, kids there's will be kids. SA. Right. And right. Uh, basically she has a crush on the popular guy who, as an adult, is played by Luke Evans. I don't remember mm-hmm. the character's name. Yeah. Um, but she has a crush on a guy, has a horrible prank played on her, and she's just been fucked up over it ever since. It's, it's a very traumatizing prank and stunt horrible. that these kids pull on her. And uh, but yeah, being that it's a small town, everybody basically grew up and stayed in the small town. Right. So her abusers are people that she has to interact with every fucking day. And guess what? They're the parents of these kids that mm-hmm. she said, "You guys can come over to my house." Right. So as you start to learn the connection between Sue Ann, who the kids end up referring to as Ma, Ma. which is where the title of the film comes mm-hmm. into play. So as these kids, as you learn more about Ma, and you see her relationship with the kids developing, and it seems like, oh, she's getting close. Well, quickly it turns into she's getting too close. Mm-hmm. And the kids, one of the, the, the main girl who is Juliet, uh, Juliet Lewis's character is in the movie. Juliet Lewis, great actress. But her character in the movie is the, uh, uh, she's the mom of the, the main character, the daughter. Mm-hmm. So this, this main girl goes in and, and uh, she starts learning more about Ma. We even find out that Ma has a daughter. It's about their fucking age, who she who is very sick, very ill, and she just kind of keeps hidden away. And it's mm-hmm. really fucked up. So you realize that, like, this is kind of generational trauma. Like, she's passing this shit down to the next generation. It's really fucked up yeah. when you learn more about it. And like like Natalie said, like, these, so these, these kids who are partying at her house are the kids of her bullies. And you're like, that can't go on for too long. And it doesn't. And it quickly turns fucking sour, and the kids become a very weird plot and a revenge story for Sue Ann. But the thing that's creepy along the way as this builds is she has all of their numbers, basically. I know that there's the first time one of them's like, how did she get my number? And they're like, oh, she must have just like put it all in her phone or right, whatever right. so she can help us or whatever. That's what I'm saying. And it's she all becomes super too innocent. close very too quick. But there's a really good part in the movie where all the kids are like kind of getting weirded out because she keeps sending them basically like kind of the equivalent like Snapchats and things to like all of these young kids. So... It's like, hey, guys, coming over to Ma's tonight. And she's got, like, a fucking case of beer. And you're like, this is fucking weird. Like, she's like, how lonely are you? Like, why do you want all these kids to come over and hang out? Like, it's fucking weird. Like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and just think she was a total freak. But you get those whole flashbacks and you you start to put those pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a well-told story. Because it's like you're not giving all the information up front. It's kind of slowly fed to you. And I love the way it's done. It's yes. like you're never given too much at one point, 
And right. you, ne- you never go too long without learning something. Like, everything is paced so fucking well. Yeah, because you don't even get the full extent of what happened to her when she was young until towards the end of the movie. Right, right. Um, The guy that Luke Evans plays, his name is Ben Hawkins, which just sounds like the typical jock small of a town small jock. town. Yes, exactly. Um, I love his part. His He's like in a security type yeah, he runs a, a security runs a security company right. basically. And the son yeah. drives his van and he has trackers on the van so it's easy to find his son. And he that's basically how he figures out these kids are going over to her house and there's this lovely exchange of him kind of threatening her like well, they shouldn't be hanging around with a grown person who's supplying them with alcohol. It's it's so fucking good because the way it's set up too, I love this scene. I love that you brought this up because it's one of my fucking favorite scenes in the movie. But it is, it's so well done the way Luke Evans, because he like takes his animal, one of his animals to the vet and he kind of chats oh, her up. Oh, this and he part, asks, yes. He like asks her out like it's going to be a date. And you're like, yeah. oh look, everything's turning around for her. Finally, she gets what she wanted and she's going to be great. She's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And she even dresses up and she's so looking forward to it. And she fucking sits down, and he—I love it because he's like, he's like, basically, literally, like, you know, I run, you know, I run a, you know, I run a security business, right? She's like, yeah. "Yeah." He's like, you know, I have a son, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, so tell me why my security company found my son fucking go into your house, you know, and and you're just like, oh shit, it's this perfect oh shit moment in the movie. You're like, fuck. It's He's, fucked. It is because like they're like in the middle of this re- nice restaurant of the tides, man. It's so fucking yes. well done. It's my, it's probably best scene in the whole fucking movie, and, but that's where shit goes off the rails. Yeah, because she realizes, like, shit, I'm gonna have to do something yep. more. But the, one of the scenes, whenever I really started to realize how fucking ridiculous and unhinged this movie is is she's driving and i think she's got a she's got a larger vehicle yeah she's got a truck yeah and there's a girl jogging down the road which is like kind of a bimbo-y chick who's yeah, like but also one of her old bullies yeah one yep. of the old bullies and she's got her you know she goes out and she jogs every day she's like super tan like she's like the plastic girl i guess you could say of this town and she just fucking runs her over just literally just turns her car just an inch to the left and boom, takes her the fuck out. Takes her out, keeps it's, going. It's one of those things like you always hear people joke about. It's like, oh, if I just took, oh, if I just go like this, oh, you yeah. know, it's like. She let the intrusive thoughts she win. She let the intrusive thoughts win and she it's was like, so fucking well done. Hey, there's one of my bullies, uh, 50 points, ka-dunk, yeah. ka-dunk, and yeah. that's it. It's and not, you're like, what's holy fucked up, fucking what's shit. Fucked up is it's not even the worst thing that she does to anybody. No, it's not. Like, I can't even go into like what she what she does like go watch the movie like she goes full fucking unhinged yes and i i really do i i fucking love this movie it's so funny because octavia spencer obviously known for comedy more than she's known for serious roles but fucking a man she does Mm -hmm. a great job at both in this movie she can bring the serious but she also makes you just fucking laugh like you're in in stitches half the fucking movie she does yeah yeah but the the kids basically start to kind of realize there's something more, uh, you know, whether, whether it's the messages she's sending or she blocks them, um, you know, even though they block her or whatever, right, right. she's still like getting in touch with them and, uh, hey, you guys got to come hang out and like seeing them at school and shit. And it's just really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, she like there's a freak out moment when one of the kids tries to go into the main house, like for the bathroom or yep. whatever. Um, and then you find out that. Basically, there's someone that 
they're like, I think she's got someone held captive in her house. Yeah, it's it's just her fucking daughter. And it's yeah, her it's poor just her, daughter, her daughter that she's sheltering because she doesn't want her to get hurt the way she did, which is right. so fucked up. Yeah, I don't think they go so far as like say it outright, but you do get kind of Munchausen vibes from yes. her a little bit. It's pretty yeah. fucked up. Pretty yeah, because I think there there is talk of like, you know, you can't do this, can't do that. Yeah. You have to have the medicine, this yeah, kind of shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and I like I said, I don't know that they ever completely confirm it, but you definitely get those vibes. Yeah. Um, but she goes really crazy with the kids, like to the point uh, kids die. Uh, the, if you saw the trailer, which was one of the trailers, I was like, God damn it, they showed too much. Uh, there's a scene where she's uh, sitting there with a couple kids and there's one that she like stitches the girl's mouth closed or right. the guy's mouth closed i don't remember which kid she does it to um and just absolutely like fucking mutilates some of the other kids yep one of the the one that fucks me up is uh when she talks about the talks to the, the basically the, the token black kid of, of the group oh yeah and she literally paints him white and talks about how people will never accept us the way they we want them to. And it's just yeah. this fucking brutal fucking statement and on race just thrown in the middle of the movie that you're like, it is. damn, I didn't expect that. But it's so fucking like, like, I'm glad they put it in there. I'm glad we got that fucking statement. It felt like the movie needed this fucking like, it was like, it was like, it was there hanging in the air and they just took advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, because uh, obviously people will treat black people like that. Right. Uh, how many times do we talk about the people who are like, I'm not racist. I'm married to a black man. It's like that. Nope. Nope. nope that's not how that's that not works. How that works. Right. And you kind of get the idea. Obviously, with her age, there was a lot of racism still when she was young. I uh-huh. mean, obviously, you know, I can't say still, but towards her when she was young. And yeah, that scene's really fucked up because it's not just like this little like it's a gallon of white paint that you would use for a wall with like a big thick brush, and like she's just painting him and tying them up on the couch it's fucking it's 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 rough to watch for a lot of reasons like i like it's on the surface you're just watching a woman put paint on a kid's face it's not really a big deal but it's what she says think about it and what she says again a fucking oscar winner octavia spencer delivering these lines it's fucking intense man yeah uh one thing i want to throw out there before we move on to our next movies is uh it was directed by a guy named Tate Taylor. And I remember mm-hmm. I saw that name before. I'm like, where do I know that name before? He directed the movie The Help, which is where Octavia Spencer won the Oscar. It's fucking crazy to me that they go they, they work together on this fucking Oscar-winning wow. film. And then they decide, we're going to fucking do a They're horror movie. They're just like, movie. hey, do you want to be a crazy lady giving beer to kids right we're gonna do this weird <laughs> horror comedy about you know fucking mom you get to fucking like, kill everybody including so, all your bullies i i fucking love it i'm like i'm wondering like i remember after the movie's done i'm like that movie was surprisingly really good for a horror comedy oh i love it and you're it. like oh well it's directed by a fucking guy who directed an oscar-winning picture and you had an oscar winner in the lead role so yeah i think uh, it makes sense why it was just a really fucking good movie yeah it's <laughs> I'm kind of sad that, you know, the ratings weren't as good as what I was hoping for when this came out. I think that there was some misleading. Again, don't watch trailers and shit. It just, it disappoints you. Yeah. And uh, we didn't watch this for a while, I think, after it came out, honestly. Um, It was about a year after it came out. We we finally watched it. Yeah. But it does. It's got, it's, obviously, it's got a, a ton of great fucking comedy. Uh, it's <laughs> shocks you like what I was talking about. Whenever that part where she just fucking drives over the girl, I was like, oh, she's giving her stink eye. She's gonna say something. No, she doesn't say something. She kills her. Fucking straight up kills her. But like, 
you know, her killing all of her bullies and just, it's, it's interesting when you dive deeper into it, you know, I talk about how I feel so bad for her and because she was ruined, she was bullied to the point where it permanently, yeah, she, it permanently altered her for the rest of her life to the point where, you know, she was given an opportunity and if you had, you know, worked on healing and moving past these things, but obviously she held on to it with so much hate for all of her life to the point that even at the end of the movie, when all hell's breaking loose, the house is like fucking on fire and she's like begging to, you know, be helped out of the house. Her own daughter doesn't fucking help her. No. And you get this kind Which of is weird a great moment for the daughter too. You're like, you're, it is you're, you're, exa- because you're happy to see her break the chain. Yeah. You see that she's so traumatized from the way her mom's treated her that she's just like, no, she knows she has a better life getting away. Right. And it's, it's sad, but there's a lot of layers to peel away on there. Oh, it's, it's not it's, your it's, typical fucking crazy serial killer. It's like, and I don't want to say, oh, I, you know, the people are like, oh, they were mentally unwell. It's like, but no, there are literal cases of people right. who are mentally unwell, who obviously she was leading a fairly normal life working at a vet's office until this opportunity came about when these kids approached her. Well, we literally have the term, in, in at least in the American legal system, uh, guilty by reason of mental insanity or of mental instability. Yeah. And it's because of that. It's because you can be guilty, but there can also be underlying causes to it yeah whereas if if you know if a character like this it's like we like we talk about there we always think about the shit after the movie the implications like mm-hmm. the legal shit that you'd have to deal with so right. you know like if she made it out of that situation and she were to face like legal consequences sure she'd be found guilty but i think any good lawyer would be like uh reason mental defect yeah or instability uh fucking right there like right. hands down she was fucking traumatized by these people when she was a kid grew up fucking saw them every day and, you know, finally one day flew off the handle. You know, it's yeah. like it's something that people, anybody could see coming a mile away. Right. But these things happen in a fucking flawed system like what we have with mental health. I agree. It's, it's, a, it's a great statement about the lack of mental health awareness. No, you know? I, I'm with you because that's one of those things. And I know that this is kind of heavy for a little horror podcast. But I just feel like, you know... We don't want to just say, oh, if you're bullied, you're going to be a killer. Like, I was bullied horribly. Did right. I dream every morning of going in and punching the fuck out of him? Yeah. Uh, one day it happened to him by somebody else, and then I felt better. Right. <laughs> but it's like, the difference is, is there's people who hate bullies and would love revenge on a bully, and there's people that go far enough to kill them and their children. So it's like, yes, Ma is not uh, this perfect person who was just ruined by bullying she's obviously very fucked up to right. the point that Deeply she doesn't mind individual. doing this yeah but i love talking about that because it is interesting to see a killer that comes out of bullying i know that that happens in other movies it's just the way this one is on top of having a daughter who's gladly ready to escape her own mother yeah yeah it's they, a heavy movie it's a very heavy movie again definitely recommend watching and seeing some of the shit that Octavia Spencer does two people and just some of the fucking funny shit in the movie too. It's it's a real it's a fun ass movie. Now to lighten it up here. I'm gonna, <laughs> to lighten it up, yeah. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna present you with a Craigslist ad um, of a man who wants to document his life for his family after a cancer diagnosis. It sounds like a fucking uh, heartwarming tale that we all would have watched in like the eighties or nineties. Well, 
There's a nickname for Peach Fuzz. It's a really good Hallmark movie. You may have heard of it. It's called Creep. Uh, also, like the Creep perfect too. Hallmark movie. <laughs> Not really lightening it up much here, but Creep, one of our favorite fucking movies ever. This is a great Stranger Danger movie, man. Yes. This is fucking don't answer Craigslist ads that seem too good to be true or too fucking creepy, man. Yeah, I'm always amazed by people who um, answer any kind of ad from a stranger, especially this day and age. I remember uh, people putting ads like we would put ads in the paper for a fucking yard sale like whenever i was a little kid my mom would sit there and write out her little two lines and put it in there but the idea of a garage sale is one thing but an ad for you know the little personal jobs like this where Mm -hmm. i could say well i can point and shoot i'm gonna answer this ad and i end up in the middle of the fucking mountains at this weird house and it's just me uh, and it goes south very fast. This this movie is one of the most incredible fucking rides you will ever go on. It's And it's so well done. It's one of the most well done found footage movies that we have ever seen. Like it, 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 From start to finish. And I literally mean that because you open up and our main character of Aaron, played by the director, Patrick Bryce, which mm-hmm. makes sense because it's found footage. Mm-hmm. You know, he would be the director. Right. Um, <laughs> So Patrick Bryce plays Aaron, who answers this Craigslist ad to document these guys, this guy's final moments for his son because he got diagnosed with cancer and he's probably not going to live to meet his newborn son. Mm-hmm. So, but when you see Aaron driving, he's driving and driving and driving, and yeah. you get they do a great job of establishing he is in the middle of fucking nowhere. He right. is in BFE, bumfuck Egypt. He, you know, no cell service, no Wi-Fi. Like he's this just is, literally like it's like a, the first ten minutes of the movie, I'm driving up the damn mountains. Yes, it's uh, it's speak no evil level of wilderness. <laughs> oh, it's 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 up there for sure. Uh, but then he meets you know uh this character who what does he introduce him as first Joseph? Yeah, he's Joseph first, and we I say that because this guy has fucking multiple identities, and even mm-hmm. after two movies, we still don't know his real fucking name. Right. Uh, but Joseph, and immediately, immediately. You are just the minute you meet Joseph, the minute you meet him and see Mark Duplass, you're like, ah, fucking red flags everywhere. Yeah, he is, um, he's like the guy that tries to joke but doesn't do it well and it just comes off creepy and unnerving. Yeah, 100% agree with that, with that assessment. He, he is, he, he is, he's the guy who would try to be funny, but. Like the minute he leaves, you're looking at your friend or your coworker, and you're like, "That fucking guy's nuts." Like, you, like, like you <laughs> no, get no. the immediate impression that this guy is off his fucking rocker. Yeah, and it's more so like he's weird or quirky. You know, sure, yeah, you don't think maybe serial killer right away, but you definitely feel weird and uncomfortable by him. It gets there quick, though. It does get there quick. Tubby time. Well, yeah, because one of the first, yeah, N- Natalie was Natalie literally like <laughs> we're getting ready for the show. It's out of nowhere. She just goes, huh tubby time <laughs> and immediately i was like fuck because if you hear the term tubby time you know it's just this weird fucking scene where he says he make, to aaron dude he makes him film him while he takes a bath but he says to aaron and, and here's the setup he doesn't just make him film him he doesn't just say like that's the fucked up thing no. he doesn't just, it'd be it'd honestly be more comfortable if he just <laughs> like here's just filming in the fucking tub yeah but no he says he's like no but i'm never gonna get to give my my child a bath I'm never going to get to that. When I was a kid, I had tubby time. Mm-hmm. I had tubby time. And I, I'm never going to get that with my kid. So he's like, I need you to document that for me, Aaron. And Aaron's like, this is fucking weird. Why would I film a grown man in the tub? And it is 
when you picture it in your head, you're like, this is uncomfortable. No, he makes it 10 times more uncomfortable than it had to be. Yeah. He just finds a way to make this this situation that's already fucking weird even weirder. Well, he like lays back and acts like he's holding his unborn born son. Like he's acting like he's giving a bath. It's like a pantomime. Right. Um, A lot of people say that this is probably the most uncomfortable part of the movie, and I agree. Even though nothing... Disagree. I'll fucking tell you my most uncomfortable part here in a minute. I think, well... Yes, I already know what you're talking about, and I agree, too. Okay, so pre, we know that he's a killer. Like, I know that we're watching the movie, we know he's a killer. Like, that's from the get-go. But from just watching the movie, before the main character realizes something's off besides this guy's just fucking weird, this is the most uncomfortable scene because it's just so fucking weird and awkward that you're... You feel like you're sitting there holding this camcorder because it's found footage you feel like you're sitting in the bathroom watching him tubby time and it's, it's just not okay. It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable, but every single moment of the fucking movie is uncomfortable. Yeah. Mark Duplass is a fucking legendary. He is, he is, he is fucking legendary. Yeah. I cannot agree more with that. Yeah. I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time, but like I said, my fucking most terrifying part in the movie is the peach fuzz scene. And the peach oh, fuzz see, scene. Mine's even a different one. Which really? I'll get well, to. there's well, shit. You're right. There's fucking. <laughs> it gets way more intense. But the peach fuzz scene is so fucking uncomfortable to me because obviously the found footage genre. What it does is it just like it films things like more realistically. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's not a budget. It's not a set. It's not well lit. It's, it's not like, the perfect angle. It's all just the time. it's a normal yeah. natural feel to it. So it. The reason we find found footage so uncomfortable, I think it's similar to Uncanny Valley. We just feel like this is wrong. Right. We picture no, ourselves yeah. there. We feel like we're there. It almost feels first person and first hand. Mm-hmm. So the peach fuzz scene, and basically what he does is is Joseph, like the lights go out, Aaron fucking is trying to get out, and he gets finds the door, but who's standing there? It's fucking Joseph with this wolf mask that he showed Aaron earlier that he said, I call him peach fuzz. Mm-hmm. And... He even implies, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's so he much. He kind of it. implies that it's almost a different persona. Bingo. That's it. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to get at. Like yeah. he implies that when he puts it on, he goes somewhere else. And I'm not talking like else. a fursona. Like this is no, like, no. I'm putting on the wolf mask and I'm like primal. Cause like everybody, I feel like if you haven't seen this movie, you've probably seen this and I might be about to blow your mind if you haven't seen it. But if you've ever seen a little video of a guy Leaning up against the door with his hands out, with a wolf mask on, doing this weird hip, his hips. yeah, hip gyrating circular motion. That's Peach Fuzz from Creep, uh, and he just so growls. Fucking... He doesn't say anything. He shakes his head when Aaron asks questions, and it's like it's a totally different fucking person. It's it's so fucking scary because you do feel like Aaron is going to get hurt in that moment. Oh yeah. And Aaron and Patrick Bryce, you know, equally as good of an actor as he is a fucking director. Yeah. Cause at because, that point like, he's you, figured things like, out. You feel like he does a great job of conveying something bad is about to happen to me. Mm-hmm. You hear utter fear in his fucking voice when he's saying, he's like Joseph and he, he doesn't respond. He's like, he's like peach fuzz. And, he yeah. fires, and he's like, he's like, are you going to let me out? And he does that and shaking his head. No. And you're like, yeah. Oh it's, my god, it's so fucking ugh. scary. Uh, you just gave me the goosies. It's so fucking scary. No, I absolutely. I hate that. 
But no, you said you have another scarier moment. What the so fuck is yours? I'll kind of piggyback here. So obviously at that point, he's realized something's horribly wrong. He's trying to get out. And he does. He escapes. The reason why this is so terrifying to me, and I would put this probably at my number one spot, even above the scene from Strangers where you see him behind her that I, you I, always okay. say. Yeah. But there's the part where... Um, He's he's in his own home at this point, Aaron is. Yeah, he's back home and where he should be safe, right? right. Yeah. And he's recording uh, some of his uh, just documenting things, right? So he has a camera set up where it's like his laptop like webcam thing. I don't remember specifically, so don't hate me there. But through the where he's sleeping, you can kind of see through the living room up towards the front door, which is kind of like this partial glass. And there's a part where he hears something... And whenever he gets up and he's looking around, there's nothing there. And then something shifts across the camera just enough. And then you see Joseph is standing outside the front door. You just see a silhouette just looking in, staring at him. But since he's not laying there where his camera is right in front of him, he doesn't see him. And then he's gone. Yeah. And it just, it, it makes me so uncomfortable because you realize, first off, this guy traveled far. Because you're talking about the drive in the beginning. He's found him. Yep. Um, he's at his house. But even past that, the scene gets even worse because it actually picks up him coming into his home in the middle of the night. Like, clips he, a fucking piece of hair or yeah, some shit off of him. Fucking hair. And then oh, leaves. Doesn't wake Aaron up. Nope. And you get it all on video that Aaron's obviously not seeing... And to me, that the idea of being asleep, having a home invader of any kind, uh, taking a picture of you, recording you, and you see that someone was in your house, in your space, regardless of if it was someone that you've recently escaped from, is absolutely fucking terrifying. I I don't think there's anything more terrifying than home invasion shit. Like, we've talked about this on the show. Like, The Strangers is one of our most terrifying movies because it's home invasion. Like, this is another one where it's like, this is... Real shit that could really happen to people. Right. You could first off, you could answer the wrong Craigslist ad, but of you could course. also just have some fucking crazy guy yeah. follow you back to your home. Exactly. Like, then you have someone stalk you to your house. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you basically it ends with um, Aaron's character going out, uh, agreeing to meet Joseph, agreeing to in meet public. Joseph. Joseph's ashamed of all the things and that he's done and that he made him feel so scared and all this stuff, but. Again, at this point, he doesn't know that Joseph's been in his fucking house. And you get this just long scene of him standing at the lake, looking around, finally deciding to sit on the bench. And then you get Joseph comes up in the car, walks up behind him, and he has an axe. And he just stands there and stares at the back of Aaron's head for what feels like forever. It's, it's up there with the House of a Thousand Corpses scene. Oh, yeah. The gun. It's, because you yeah. do. You feel like it goes on for fucking ever. And each time I watch it, I feel like it goes on longer and longer. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. He's just standing there. He's very quiet. And he just takes out an axe, swings it above his head. And this is where most movies would cut it off. But, nope. no, they don't. You see him drive the fucking axe into Aaron's head. Yeah. And he just... That's it. But he's got it on video. Yeah. And that leads us into the second movie where... Yes. Because you see at the end of the first movie that he takes this footage of him killing Aaron, puts it mm-hmm. on a shelf, 
with other footage of a shit ton of other tapes with other people's names on them. Right. So you get the idea that he has done this before and will do it again. Yeah. Which is like what Natalie said leads us to Creep 2. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Where you get a totally different character. It's not Joseph this time. No, he Uh, calls himself Aaron. Yes. Isn't that funny? He takes the name Aaron. And uh, yes, so he plays Aaron. He... His hair is a little longer. He's got a beard. And basically, it's another hiring someone to film him. Uh, but he's basically admitting that he's a serial killer. Right. And this girl is in college, and she's doing this more like a project for school. So she's trying to you know, get her, her college credits by filming this guy who says he's a serial killer. It's going to be like her big fucking thing for school, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wrong. Uh, you're fucking going up filming a legitimate serial killer. Yeah. So it's great. I, I, one thing that the both movies do so well is they take things, they do the opposite of what you would think would be done mm-hmm. in a horror movie. It's like, it, it's like the anti horror movie. Yeah. And I think that's why they work so fucking well, because of course you're not going to go into the fucking mountains with a stranger, mm-hmm. but in today's society that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. The shit where he's like clipping his hair and sneaking into his house I feel like in any other movie, that's the shit that you hear them t- tell like a detective or they're talking to somebody, but you don't right. see it. Yeah. In this, in, in Creep, you see it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, with the death, with the axe, you don't see that in most movies, but you see it. Exactly. They do everything that you shouldn't do in a horror movie and it fucking works. And, and it that's carries why Creep into two, Creep 2, yeah. That's why Creep 2 works so well because, of course, you're not going to go in and uh, be alone with somebody who says they're a fucking serial killer. Right, but, but I she love does. it. Yes, you get the scene where the girl Sarah goes into the bathroom and she sets the like camera there on the sink or whatever and she's sitting on the toilet and she's looking and she's just like you can tell she's thinking and she kind of goes over like should I do this? Like it's probably just a bunch of bullshit. This guy's probably just some crazy guy who wants to like talk shit. And he's never actually killed anybody. And she's just kind of like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. And talks yeah. herself into it. So there's yeah. a moment where she's like, um. Mm. Well, there's almost like this level of like, she doesn't believe it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, she, like she talks herself into it by like basically calling doubling his down. bluff. Yeah, yeah. Doubling down on the fact that she just doesn't believe a word he's saying. Yeah, exactly. And it adds to this whole sentiment of like, we as the audience know he's the killer. Mm-hmm. She does not. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like he's telling her straight off the bat, I'm the killer. So <laughs> Literally. It's, it is. It's, it is. It takes all the expectations yeah. of horror movies and just fucking completely turns them into a 180. And you're like, but it, again, it all fucking works. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this before on the show. My, my One of my favorite scenes in the whole fucking movie is the hot tub scene because he just has this oh look, God, this soulless look in his eyes as she's talking to him. It, it's again, I, again, I know I've said this before. But Mark Duplass does such an amazing job of looking soulless and emotionless and expressionless. He does. In this scene in the hot tub that you're like, like, I, I, it's, he's so fucking believable. Like, I, I don't want to believe this guy's a murderer. But if you if if tomorrow I woke up and said, you know, famous film director and actor Mark Duplass killed a bunch of people. I'm like, well, you know, he's really fucking like, good. Yeah. He's he, really fucking good. He did. He did really well in that. Because, yeah, yeah the, the, the hot tub scene that you're talking about, I remember... Like, he kind of starts, and there's a little kind of laughter, and they almost frame him like he's having a breakdown, like he's tired of being a serial killer. Yeah, like he's a that's serial why killer he wants having to a mental confess. breakdown. Right, right? Yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, he does, and he's kind of, his hair is in his face. Like I said, it's a little longer. Um, 
sorry, but he's, like, super hot in this movie. I can't help it. But, yeah, he's, like, all happy, just, like, talking, and then he just does the kind of a Kubrick stare, but in his own way, where he's just, like, void. Yeah. And it is. It's absolutely terrifying. Right. It, it, it's truly terrifying. And I think one thing, he's he's done some interviews and he's talked about this, and I think he... Uh, he just talks about how he like like what we're talking about. He just went full unhinged. Like yeah. he didn't hold back during this this filming, and you you believe it every step of the way. You're with him, and you're like, "Fuck, this guy is one of the most insane individuals that I've ever seen in my life. Like mm-hmm. one of the best antagonists in any horror movie. Period is is Mark Duplass as whatever the fuck this guy's name is, Joseph Aaron. I think he also goes by the name Bill in the first movie at one mm-hmm. point. Like when he confesses, like, oh, I'm not really Joseph, I'm Bill. Like, Maybe Bill is his real name, but I we don't, don't know. We don't fucking know, <laughs> and we never will. And like that's the fucking great thing. But this is uh, this movie also is one of my favorite scenes where he uh, tries to make her think that he killed himself. Uh, yes, there's a uh, trigger warning. Yeah, it's a hard trigger um, warning. They basically, and he tries to get her to commit with her, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, it's like he's like, it's like this very coercive kind of setup to yeah. it. But yeah, he, he feigns that he's... But it's like in the middle of the woods. Like, there's a hole dug and everything. Like, it's fucking weird. Well, I'm talking about the one where he... Where he literally like looks like he's hanging himself. Oh, okay. Remember that? Yeah, that. Fucking... Sorry, I'm thinking of the part in the woods. Well, there's the part in the woods that's and that is like that's the ending. But no, there's the part where he like makes it look like he's hanging himself, and she's like she fucking full on believes like oh fuck. That's he, right. Like, that, that's and right. That, that's where she starts to really fucking draw the line. Like that's yeah, because a lot of the stuff that she's or, I'm sorry that he's done before. She's just like, oh, God, it's bullshit. Like, it's like, right. I don't believe it. Like right. we said in the, you know, talking about mm-hmm. his initial, hey, I'm a serial killer. I want you to document me for a day. And she's just like, yeah, I don't think he's, I think yeah, he's just, just off like, his whatever. rocker. He's just, he's just talking shit. Yeah. No, this no is, I remember now. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen Creed It has two. been a minute since we've seen this, but I, I, that one stands out to me because it's like, Every time you look at this guy, Joseph, Aaron, whatever the fuck you want to call him, you're like, mm-hmm. just when you're like, he can't stoop any lower, literally pretending to kill himself in front of this girl. Yeah. Making her think she, making her think that he has killed himself is fucking just like. It's awful. Lower than yeah. low. And, th- but it, I mean, it gets lower because like you said, then there's the scene where they're out in the woods and he's trying to literally fucking bury her, you know. He's yeah. To, he stabs her and throws her in the yeah, hole. Yeah. Stabs her and throws her in the hole. He's going to fucking straight up bury her, but she fucking is not dead. Yeah. And then she fights back and. Yeah. She's pretty kick ass. She's a, she's a great fucking female protagonist. She's a great protagonist. Like fucking yeah. take gender out of it. You know, she's just a great protagonist. Yeah. She's not stupid. She's other than the fact that she just doesn't believe him. Right, but, but honestly, most people wouldn't in that situation. When you're watching it, like <laughs> she does a great job acting wise, and the writing is yeah. done well enough to where you're like, huh, I yeah, no, no, I get it, I get it, I could see why you wouldn't believe him. Mm-hmm. And he and of course, Mark Duplass has just this likability to him. You know, he does. I've said it before. I, I remember I discovered him. He did a, a a comedy, a comedic TV show called The League about fantasy football. One of the mm-hmm. funniest fucking shows I've ever seen in my life, and he's a that's big one that you for like have been hounding for me to watch just because of him. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny. It's it's hilarious, and he also directed a, a funny movie I really like called Jeff Who Lives at Home with Jason Siegel and uh, Ed Helms. Hilarious fucking they, they, he he and what his brother trio. Jay Duplass. <laughs> he and his brother Jay Duplass are are fucking uh, geniuses and uh, innovators of the mumblecore film genre, oh, okay. yeah. uh, which are those kind of those. Art, like they're kind of artsy comedies 
lo-fi comedies is what I kind of like to call them because they're funny. They're not mm-hmm. funny like, ha, ha, ha. They're funny more like, that's funny. They're those kind of movies. <laughs> I guess you. If you've seen movies like that, like, yeah, Mark Duplass and his brother Jay Duplass direct a lot of those movies. Yeah. So, again, to see him go from doing comedy and directing kind of mumblecore movies to just going full out fucking horror villain is this fascinating career transition of, of Mark Duplass. And he does everything expertly with this fucking precision where you're like, he's just, he's just good at everything. Yeah, he's exactly. Just, he, he's phenomenal. Like I, I, I'm such a huge fan yeah, of his work. I want and, a creep three because uh spoiler here. She gets out of her she own does get grave. Out. Um, and you don't get as much of the super scary home invasion stuff, but you get a lovely little ending recording of through crowd of her on a bus and you hear a tune being whistled and then she notices the camera and then it abruptly stops so you figured out that he's found her because she does escape and now he's the one filming yes and that's a really again creepy he likes to document obviously with uh aaron in the first movie you know he likes to have that shit recorded because he does turn on the camera to record him like cutting the hair so it's on the tape kind of ironic that if he had just watched his tape back he would have seen it and maybe have been able to not fucking get killed but most people don't do that so uh that's why i guess i like to rewatch all my shit make sure no one's in my house um like a creep yeah it's a great message at the end is like yeah check your shit yeah for for aaron but yeah the the ending (laughs) with with creep too where where she's on like the bus or the train or whatever Mm -hmm. and they just that split second if she looks up and the minute and it's so it's timed so fucking it well. Is. And Patrick Bryce directed the second one as well. He just mm-hmm. wasn't in it as an actor this time. Right. But he does this great job, and it's literally the moment she glances up, and it realizes it's Aaron Joseph, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. and the film just cuts out, and you're like, holy yep. shit balls! And again, these movies are left open. Like if you would have told me Creep was a standalone movie and they were never not going to do a sequel, it like makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they did a great sequel. Same thing. If it if that's how it ends or it keeps going, I'm not going to be disappointed either yeah. way. Yeah, like, I love that you can watch both of these totally separate. Because obviously you can go into the second movie, you know who he is. Right. But even if you didn't watch the first movie and you watch the second one, you're not missing anything. It's no. just um, basically like watching another one of his tapes, honestly, when it comes down to it. Yeah, and, and I think if it, it, with they've got so much material to do a third movie, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, like I was talking about, they they're almost like anti horror movies. So I think right. they now they it now that you've done this twice, how do you do an anti horror movie three times? Right, and I think that's the challenge. Like yeah. it's one of those movies. Like I look at it on paper, I'm like, you know what? It's gonna be tough to do a third movie mm-hmm. and maintain the level of quality and the integrity that they have for the first two movies. Right. So I would rather them take their time do a solid third movie if they want to do a third movie i'm glad they're not rushing it and uh but yeah also if they can't come up with an idea that holds up to the first two movies i i think we just need to admit to ourselves as horror fans sometimes it's better to just let a franchise die than to just keep it going with shitty fucking sequels yeah and it's interesting you say that because a lot of people tend to rate the second one higher and i can kind of see why um i feel like it flows a little bit differently than the first movie but they're both they're both so fucking perfect to me like i really don't have a fault with either of these neither one they're both tens yeah they're both 10 out of 10 for me and honestly if we're being real even with ma which you know uh, critically is 
rated much lower than the creep movies i still fucking love so much there's so much yeah. fun shit uh and again like we said earlier a lot of deep discussions that can be brought out of this movie uh and same thing with 10 cloverfield lane like <laughs> i know we're joking a little bit uh, about the state of the world right now and a lot of people going should i get a survival pack between people watching the last of us and being scared of mushrooms and chemical spills <laughs> right. we're all on fucking edge um and i think that these kind of movies are really good about getting those juices flowing because yeah. when you take out the aliens, which again, aren't too uh, far off for us right now, it feels like the idea of having these safety measures in place like they do in 10 Cloverfield Lane and, you know, not fucking bullying and assaulting people to potentially create more horrible people in the world also don't drink underage and don't try right, to get no fucking shit. adults to buy your beer for you because <laughs> they could fucking kill you yeah I they mean, could uh, be like come drink at my house yeah. like no it's like hey thanks for coming to my place in the middle of nowhere i can easily fucking kill you, you dumb kid <laughs> exactly i mean it's like yeah there's a lot of and, and there are there's, there's lessons to be learned like we joke about the whole stranger danger thing but at the same time it's like you know these these movies are fucking lessons. Like, just be fucking careful and fucking like not don't trust anybody, but just be aware of people like yeah. this. Like, well, it's it's funny. these are these are these are parables. Don't don't yeah. don't let the lesson go unlearned. Exactly. I've I've seen videos that um, again make me feel like I can't have a single individual experience, but I feel like I was definitely one of those teenagers who. Uh, rode home in the back of a stranger's car at 2 a.m. Uh, just because they were like a cousin of a friend that a friend was dating and like I kind of you know and they're just like fucking drinking and smoking and driving my 15 year old ass home and it's like yeah we did a lot of shit and obviously people always will but um, Meanwhile, now we have to take our heartburn medicine before we eat anything right. with red sauce, and we get <laughs> and we get anxiety about going to the store where people are. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny how the funny how yeah. uh, we've aged uh, both physically and mentally, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just shit ain't the same as it was. But horror movies, I think, have always really kind of made me a little bit more wary. I know we joked about the final destination with the log trucks, which is a very real scary thing. Um, but even when I was 15 and I watched Halloween, it made me terrified of home invasion because that's right. what Michael Myers felt like. Uh, back it is. Then it's a home invasion you, movie, too. Yeah. yeah. The before babysitter you, murders. Yeah. Yeah. Before you gave him all of his uh, different timelines and stories, he was at his core yeah. home invasion killer and stranger danger. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, this has been a fun episode on Stranger Danger. I feel like we've delved into a lot here and hopefully you've learned something because mm -hmm. that's what we're here for. We want to be educational as well as. Uh, Entertaining. Fun and entertaining. Yeah. yeah. We're infotainment. In oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, without further ado, we're going to leave you with this. Don't, Don't make, make me, me drink, drink alone. alone. Don't, Don't make, make me drink alone. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop every weekend. Follow us on TikTok at HorrorzoidPod and send emails to HorrorzoidPod at gmail.com with your thoughts, questions, and stories for us to read on a future episode. To all our Zoids out there, stay scary.